Hello everyone, we are back with the Pokemon Adventures podcast, we're officially at episode 12, we are your hosts Sergio and Chas, and today we are reviewing chapter 12 of the Pokemon Adventures manga, Wake Up, You're a Snorlax, or Versus Snorlax. Do you like Snorlax, Chas? Like his philosophy in life. Yes. Sleep wherever you want. And yeah. eat whatever is available. There you go. It's funny because Snorlax from the Pokéx is just known as the sleeping Pokemon. Not much of a description. But when you look at Snorlax, what does it make you think of? It's more like a panda. Yeah. A bear. <laughs> exactly like you said. It's philosophy in life. It eats... It sleeps. It's all it ever really cares about. Mm -hmm. But look at what Bulbapedia says about Snorlax. Very lazy. Just eats and sleeps. As its rotund bulk builds, it becomes steadily more slothful. So that's its original entry. It's now let's memory. look at something more recent. This, <laughs> this gluten... Appears in villages without warning and devours the entirety of their rice granaries. Such occurrences have long been counted among the gravest of disasters. Damn. <laughs> and last one, it stops eating only to sleep. It doesn't feel full unless it eats nearly 900 pounds a day. Damn. Snorlax is one hell of a Pokemon. <laughs> That's too damn much. That's a lot, yeah. So, welcome everybody. Welcome to our listeners. Thank you for tuning back in with us. We're going to jump into this episode and kind of how you guys already heard. We're going to, this episode revolves a little bit around Snorlax. But before we continue moving forward, we're going to do our first segment of the day, which is Pokemon Trivia. Which we either bring up Pokemon-related questions or topics to discuss. And for today, I have one question here for my gracious host, Chaz. Who loves to answer Pokemon questions. Don't you, Chaz? <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. Shut up. <laughs> okay, so I got one question here for you. This is the Dex entry. With the arrival of a storm at sea... This Pokemon will show itself on the surface. When this Pokemon and a Dragon Knight meet, a fierce battle ensues. Who's that Pokemon? Is it Kingdra? Is it Dragalge? Is it Dragonair? Or is it Salamence? Kingdra. Kingdra. You got it. Yep. I remember it from the from the last trivias that we've done, or one of, one of the other trivias that we've done. Okay, because uh, I was reading into Dragonite, and apparently those guys hate each other. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I thought Dragonite just hated Charizard. Because so apparently he has things, he has problems with other dragons too. Yeah, Pokemon can be very prideful creatures. You see that a lot within the Fire type Pokemon, fully evolved Fire type Pokemon. Sometimes it looks like they can stand each other. Yeah. On the Instagram page, the Pokemon story, we're kind of reviewing the Unova storyline with Ash. Mm -hmm. And we just, just last week, we went through the battle between 
Iris' Dragonite and Ash's Charizard. That battle was never scheduled. But as soon as Ash brings out his Charizard, yeah. Iris' Dragonite was just like, oh, hell no. I'm the only alpha fully evolved Pokemon around here. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen that battle? I think I remember it, but only like small snippets of it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, these guys have never met before. As soon as they laid eyes on each other, it's like when you take out your dog for a walk mm-hmm. and it sees another dog. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what happened. These guys were just not having it. They were like, oh, hell no. We need to settle this right now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, Charizard and Dragonite battle it out. And... Charizard obviously has the most experience, and as soon as his Char- Ash's Charizard whips out a Dragon Tail, Dragonite is over here holding his arm. I really wish that battle could have kept going, but in the episode, N stops it. That, that's all that we see from there. Now, from the Pokemon that I mentioned, I mentioned Kingdra, Dragalge, Dragonair, and Salamence. I'm assuming you know who Dragonair is. Yeah. Do you know who Salamence is? Yeah. Okay. Do you know Dragalge? No. Okay. Yeah, Dragalge is a more recent Dragon-type Pokemon. Poison Dragon. Poison Dragon. Yeah. When you look at him, it looks like he should be a Water-type Pokemon because... Was it the one that looks like... um, Kind of looks like a seahorse? Yes. There you go. Yeah. So you've seen him. Brown. I I just forgot what his name was. Yeah, he's brown, has bits of purple on him. Uh-huh. One, one look at him, and you know he lives underwater. Yeah. That's cool, though. We got a dragon poison type Pokemon. Do you have a favorite dragon type? Mm. Definitely Flygon. Yes. Flygon is always a good one. Flygon's an awesome Pokemon. It's funny because when you look at his design... I had never thought about this before, but somebody mentioned that Flygon should have been a bug and dragon type Pokemon. Uh-huh. What do you think on that? Do you think that makes sense? That yeah, definitely makes a lot more sense than just the ground dragon type that it has. I think it's weird. Oh, no, no, no. Never mind. I was going to say, I think it's weird that they made him a dragon and ground type because we have Garchomp, but I forget Garchomp came later. Yeah, when you look at Flygon, especially his eyes and then his color, he kind of makes more sense that he should have been a bug and dragon type Pokemon, which is a typing that we still don't have. So I hope we get that somewhere down the line. Maybe. Yeah. As for my favorite dragon type, just off the top of my head, I have to say Noivern. Noivern? Yeah. The bat with the speaker on his ears. I love him. That's definitely a Pokemon I would love to have. Okay, so one thing before we start on our chapter, I have to make a slight correction here. On our one of our last episodes, we talked about the new legendary Pokemon for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, mm-hmm. and I made the mistake of the of their names. So I called the red one Maridon and the blue one Coridon. But it's reverse. The blue one is Maridon. The red one is Coridon. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a big stickler for facts. And I don't like the fact that I have 
on the air record it that I call these guys by their wrong name. So just wanted to clarify. I did my research and Maridon, the blue one, the one with the jets, he's he's called Maridon. The red one, he's called Karidon. Which we still haven't gotten any update, no new info on the new Pokemon, but all we can do is wait for now. I know there's a bunch of leaks about the starters and the revolutions, but yeah. nothing legit yet. I hope that fire starter one isn't true, though. What did you see? It looks like a... How can I explain it? It looks like a like a mix of Barney and a Teletubby. Oh, you saw the chubby one, right? Yeah. With the wings? Yeah. So, for our listeners out there, I don't know if you guys have seen any leaks... I try to avoid the leaks as much as I can, but with the internet nowadays, nothing can be kept hidden. But there's a picture out there going around that looks like Fuecoco may may end up being a fire fairy. And judging from the pictures that we've seen, his last evolution shows a chubby crocodile with... With like pinkish, yellowish wings. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is like super small wings too. <laughs> I actually don't mind the design. A fire fairy would be cool. That's that's perfect to go up against dragons. A fire fairy would be cool, but it's like, why do you have to eat so much? He does look chubby. <laughs> you know what though? I don't mind the chubby aesthetic. I like it. I like it when some of the final Pokemon designs are chubby. Uh-huh. Nah, as long as they don't overdo it. There is Snorlax. Ah, yes, but that's Snorlax's thing. But look at... I want to make this comparison. Look at the Gen 1 final evolutions of the starters. We have Charizard, Blastoise, and Venusaur. Mm -hmm. They all had this chubbiness animal design going to them. Let's fast forward now to the last generation. For some reason... The new designs have a thing for making, not only are they making the final starters humanoid, but for some reason they want to make them look all fit. It's the fan art. <laughs> like, we have Cinderace, we have Inteleon, they're very, like, all thin, like, okay, it's fine, but I, I miss the old chubby animal looking designs. That's just my own personal preference. The same thing with Typhlosion, Neganium, for Alligator. Once we started more moving forward, I want to say with Blaziken. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess somebody at Game Freak just started, had an idea like, oh, let's make them more human-like. Let's make them fit. Let's make them look like they work out. Because right after Blaziken, we got Infernape. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a, it, it makes sense for, for Blaziken. Cause he's a he's a fighting he's a fighting fire type, isn't he? Yes. Well, yes. You're right. So when the so he's literally just a big fighting chicken. With the fighting types, I guess it does make sense. It's like it makes sense if they're fighting types or like normal types. But it's like as soon as you start getting off into like oh, this is like a what is it like a like a water no like a fire psychic type, mm-hmm. then it just start doesn't make as much sense like um, Delphox. Delphox. I like Delphox. But I am... I mean, it's it's okay, but it's like... Why do they all have to be humanoid? Yeah. I will admit, though, I like 
It's pre-evolution. What is it called? Brexin? 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 Yeah. Uh, that design looks way better. Delphox, it took me a while to like his design. It definitely did. But now I like it. I don't mind it. What, it's, uh, what is it? It's Fennekin, Chespin, and... Froki. Froki. Yes. Those guys, those guys had humanoid designs, but they did have a lot more of their animal aspects to them. Oh, especially Chestnut. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. He's definitely Bowser's longest lost cousin. Uh huh. Yeah. So I like Chestnut. It took me, it took me some time to like Gen Six Final Starters, but I like them now. They're definitely not a problem. And oh, we all know everybody loves Greninja. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. This is, a, this is a... What is it? A, a dark, frog ninja. A dark water frog ninja. The That's fact it. that it uses its, its uh, tongue as a, as a scarf. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I will say, and we'll end this conversation with this, when they announced Gen 6 and they showed us the starters for the first time, with the internet, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, it's a popular thing to look at fan art, obviously. Fake mon, for people to drop predictions. It's all over the place. I remember at the time... When they had originally announced Fennec and Froki and Chespin, there was fan art everywhere, predictions everywhere. And me, as a fan, I was very excited. And I started looking at all these. I was like, oh man, I hope Fennec looks like this. I hope Froki looks like that. So on and so forth. The problem with that was that when they release the final, the official look for the starters, Initially, I was disappointed. I learned my lesson that time. It's fine to be excited about something, but don't get too excited to the point where you're over here looking for fan art, looking for your own predictions, making up your own theories. Because then when the official release comes out, not only are you disappointed, now you hate the initial idea that you liked and loved. So after Gen 6, I told myself, I'm going to wait for the official release. I'm not going to look for predictions. I'm not going to look at fan art as much as I can. I'm going to avoid it as much as I can. Because that way, when Game Freak decides to release the official design for the final starters, Mm -hmm. I'm not terribly disappointed. Because that's popular nowadays. People make up their own designs. People make up their own theories. People make up their own wants for what the starters look like. That when the official release comes out, 
not only do they dislike it, they go online and just end up hating everything about the game, which I think, in my opinion, is unfair. Because now, just because you what you wanted didn't come true, now you're throwing a tantrum. That is true. So, I try not to overdo it with predictions and fan arts, fake mons, and prediction designs. Because then, it just takes the fun away when the official release comes out. Yeah. Okay, so, ready to dive into this chapter, Chess? Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> I believe in our last chapter, chapter 11, we saw Red face off against Lieutenant Search. And... He returned a lot of the kidnapped Pokemon from the Pokemon fan club, Vermilion City. Red helped him out. We saw the director, the president of the Pokemon fan club, who a lot of them didn't like Pokemon battles, mm-hmm. nor Pokemon evolving. But Red helps them out. Red returns the Abra to the director of the Pokemon fan club, which was now a uh, Alakazam. But now we see... That Red is at Route 11. The last time we saw Red, he was on a bike. We saw an announcer ready to start off a race. And this is where our chapter starts off. This is the beginning of chapter 12. And go ahead, Charles. Take over from here. All right. This is the beginning of when the the race actually starts. And it literally immediately starts off with go. And you just see Red amongst other bicycle racers just um, going at it. And you see Red putting in all this effort, but he's, he's like he mentions that it's like he really wants this, the first prize because he he paid a a thirty smacker entry fee to get into this place. I don't know what thirty smacker is. Actually, so like thirty thousand or what? No, in the in the original translation, I don't know why they made it so different in this second reprint. But in the original translation, he says he paid thirty bucks. Oh, which. Back in the 90s was a lot more money. Yeah, but in terms of Pokemon money, that's like nothing. Oh, you're right, for sure. Because what is it? Pokeballs go for, what, like 150 or something or 300? Oh, yeah. The Pokeballs are 100 each. Yeah. So, it's like, these these guys know what inflation is. (laughs) So, I don't know why he's crying about 30. Yeah. So, he's actually not advancing as much. He he even mentions, like, oh, but I can't get up any speed. It's like, what's with a stupid bike? Maybe borrowing a bike from that Pokemon fan club wasn't such a good idea. Ah, so that part, we get a pretty big translation difference. I don't know if you remember, but last episode we mentioned that the director of the Pokemon fan club, Uh in the games, he gives the player a voucher. Here in the story, Red says, maybe borrowing a bike from that Pokemon fan club wasn't such a good idea. And we get a small little like a little sticker, a little picture there of the of the president. Yeah. In the original Japanese translation, Red actually says maybe getting that bike from the voucher that the director gave me wasn't such a good idea. Uh-huh. So I don't know why they changed it that much where here it looks like he borrowed the bike. But just like in the games... All 90s players remember, or anybody that's played at least Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, the Pokemon fan club gives the player a voucher. You go back to Cerulean City, get a bike, and boom, you're ready to go. Uh-huh. Going back to the story, Red has just entered a bike race. We see a bunch of players here. We get, we see, what, at least 
30 players on the panel? Most likely. Yeah. And Red is struggling. Looks like he got a bad bike because everyone takes off. But who knows? Maybe these other bikers were trained bikers. Experienced bikers. And Red, this is probably the first time Red's been on a bike since he's, since ever. Well, it does look like he's going up against actual adults. That's true. He's like a little 10-year-old. This chapter reminds me a lot of the Pokemon anime episode where Ash, Brock, and Misty join a Pokemon race. Uh Do you remember that episode where Ash uses a Ponyta? Yeah. Yeah. That's what this chapter reminds me of. But here in the manga story, we get Red on the bike. We get other players. And we're going to go to the next page. Red is in last place. He, the first thing we see him say is, geez, look how far behind I am now. Eventually, though, we see him catch up. And all the other bikers stop. They're off their bikes. And they're all looking at a very thin bridge. Red is like, why are they all bunched up here? It's just the river. So, small description here. They've made it to a very thin bridge right over a river. And everyone's taking their time. Why are they crossing one at a time, says Red. And then one of the bikers, what does he respond to Red? Oh, he says, take a look. And then you just, it cuts to a panel where is there is a water full of tentacles. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine how scary a real-life tentacruel will look. Makes you wonder. What? <laughs> I'm like, what kind of race is this? It's like, this is a death race at this point. You're right. But if we go back. To the first page, look at what the announcer says. He looks, he shows everybody a map of Route 11 where the race is going to take place. And he says, a mere 10 kilometers on level well marked roads. Nothing to it. An easy race course. And then he says, of course, on the way. And he starts pointing towards the map. He giggles and says, but we shouldn't give away everything, should we? So this was intended to be an obstacle course, mm-hmm. not just a straight bike race. They just didn't tell the players, which... <laughs> yeah, one thing is obstacles, another thing is death traps. Yeah. There's <laughs> literally a singular wobbly bridge, and the moment you fall down, you get stung by a whole bunch of tentacruel, which yeah. I'm assuming can kill you pretty easily. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if all the other racers brought Pokemon. Because just imagine this. Imagine this scenario. You're not a Pokemon trainer at all. You just saw a poster. You saw a flyer. Hey, a bike race. I want to sign up. I got a bike. Let's go. Oh, hey, maybe you should take a Pokemon. No, it's just a bike race. What are you Pokemon? I was like, what are they going to do? <laughs> and all of a sudden, now he's sinking as tentacles are slowly wrapping around his neck and filling him up with poison. Yeah, so going back to the story where we left off, all the players now are crossing this bridge as carefully as possible because if anybody falls, they all fall into a river full of tentacruels, which, let's be honest, those are tiny krakens. Yeah, tentacruels are scary Pokemon. But it's funny what the guy in the next panel says. He's like, haven't you ever raced in the tribe Pokemon before? That guy knew what he was getting himself into. Yeah. It's not his first rodeo. I'm assuming this is a this is an athlete right here. Oh yeah. If you look at his design, that's a callback to the swimmers uh-huh. in the Pokemon game. Anybody that has played any Pokemon game 
knows that in every Pokemon game, there's a swimmer. And that's exactly who this guy is. So we get a whole athlete here. He has a sign that he says he's number 20. And he tells Red, like, hey, yeah, you've never raced in a Pokemon obstacle course. And the guy immediately immediately takes out his, what is that, a slowpoke? Yeah. Yeah. So he, the guy takes out a slowpoke, pretty big one, too, and surfs on it. And he tells Red, see ya. And now Red is excited. Originally, Red was looking a little disappointed because of his bike, but now that Red finds out that he can use his Pokemon to help him, he's like, all right, I can win this thing. Go ahead, Chas. Describe what's going on in the next few panels. All right, so in this death race, the Red actually decided, jumps down onto the water with using using his bike and tells Polyrath to use Ice Beam to make a bridge. And as soon as, as, soon as a... Polyrath comes out, shoots out the ice beam, makes a bridge across to the other side, and he just goes on his way to, to well, I'm sorry, to the rest of the rest of the race. He basically makes his own bridge out of ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we see Red here telling Polyrath, "Yeah, give me five, Polyrath," and boom, they give each other a high five, and they continue going on the next page. And now Red, he's hot. Now we see a happier looking Red. He's like, "We've gained a lot of ground." We can keep going like this. He's taking off. He thinks he has passed a lot of the racers by this point. But now Red looks up ahead and sees that one of the racers takes a different route. And Red is like, what's this guy's problem? He's like, oh, well, whatever. Uh, I'm going to win. Let this guy go on his own. But he realizes that the other racer was trying to avoid going through a forest. And Red is like, a forest? He's like, damn, a thick one too. No way I can ride through that. Mm-hmm. No wonder everybody else is going around it. Go ahead, Chess. All right. As he gets off his bike, he sees this kid, and it looks like he's spraying himself with something. And then it's like the kid mentions, "Like you're going through there." It's like I know a shortcut. And then Red's just like, "Oh, it's like another chance to move up." The kid immediately tells him, "Was like, don't try it." The forest is infested with bug Pokemon. It'll be a long cup for you. <laughs> and the rest is like, oh yeah. It's like so. What he's actually so what the kid is actually spraying himself with is bug spray. It's like if you don't have bug spray, you better stay out. See you. And the kid with his little oh, he has a scyther. Scyther. They didn't even go. see that there. Yeah, he's like he's he's literally just like nonchalantly walking away with his scyther into the into the forest. Let's be honest. This kid is being smart. This is a callback to the game's uh, Repel. Uh-huh. You don't want to go into any forest, any grass patches, any cave without Repel. Yep. So Red is about to get a real awakening here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chess. Keep going. Yep. So Red decides to get back on his bike. He says, like, who's afraid of some bugs? Let's go. And then so he actually does a pretty smart move where he takes out Pikachu and he actually uses them as, like a, as a sort of a, how would I say, like a like a bug light, like a bug lamp. A bug zapper. Yeah, bug zapper. And just creates like an electrical field around red, zapping every single Pokemon in yeah. his way. Yeah, so if we look at the panel, red is riding his bike, Pikachu is on his back, and Pikachu is zapping any bug Pokemon that comes out. The first Pokemon we see is a Venomoth, a Butterfree, and a Venonat, all being zapped by Pikachu with the X's on their faces. 
And then next, who does he uh, take out? Oh, yeah. And then the next part, he actually ends up taking out Bulbasaur. So they did mention that the forest was actually a very thick forest, which means the only way you're going to get through it is either you're going to walk it or you have to cut your way through it. And he ends up doing that with Bulbasaur because he actually has him use Razor Leaf in order to cut a path straight away through. And as he's going, he just see, he sees that uh, uh, one of the trees that he cut ended up having a a beedrill nest, a beedrill hive. Some bad luck there. Yeah. Which means that now he has a whole group of beedrill chasing after him. Yeah. Poor Bulbasaur. Look at that panel. A whole beehive lands on Bulbasaur's head, leaks honey all over Bulbasaur. Mm-hmm. Bulbasaur, which is cutting bushes, trees, branches, left and right. Red thinking he's going up ahead. And as usual, something bad always has to happen. Yeah. The, what is it, uh, that honeycomb? Uh-huh. Yeah, lands on poor Bulbasaur's face. Now he's covered in honey, and Red is like, that means... And look look at Pikachu's face. He's so scared now, because I'm pretty sure they can hear these huge bees chasing <laughs> after them. You know what's funny, though? Because like, the, the Beedrill Hive is actually, like, super small. Because it's literally just on top of Bulbasaur's head. Mm-hmm. But these build, these Beedrills are big. <laughs> so I'm like... I'm like if they're so big, it's like, why do they have such a small little nest? That's true. It's, it's, it's always, I always found that a little bit weird. But that bug catcher did warn Red. Put yeah. on bug spray. And these big drills are obviously very territorial. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure it may not only be the honeycomb. It's probably because Bobble sort of cut off one of their branches or something. Mm. And who knows? Maybe they were in the middle of... Wait, do this is a weird question, but do bees eat their own honey? No, not 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 typically. So wait, what do they make honey for? Because I was gonna say maybe these beedrills were eating honey, and Bulbasaur took away that honeycomb. But now that I remember, I'm like, like I don't think they eat their own honey. So going back to the story, red. Bulbasaur and Pikachu come out on the other side of that forest <laughs> and look at Red's face. Red's face is all stung. He has all these beedrill bites and stings all up on his face, his arm. He's over here saying, ow, every shortcut has a big price. Mm-hmm. And it's not only him. The next panel shows Bulbasaur and Pikachu also stung as well. Bulbasaur is just covered in honey. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah. In the next part, Reddit mm-hmm. looks behind. He's like, but look where we are. We're way ahead of everybody else. Yeah. And out of nowhere, Polyrath comes out. <laughs> I don't know where he was at the whole time. He could have yeah. frozen all these beedrills. And Red tells him, last leg, guys. Let's roll. And they're back on Red's bike. Bulbasaur is there in the front. Pikachu is on Red's shoulders. He's like, you've been great. From here on, this is my race. I'm going to win this myself. And now we get the announcer. He's like, and they're approaching the finish line. Battling for the lead are the swimmer and the book catcher. While surprising, this 
Youngster is in third place. Will he catch up to be the winner? And they, they show us a little panel here of the money, which is the first prize, the first position prize. Who will take home all these Pokemon items and 10000 in prize money? Next page, Chess. Man, 10000 is such a ripoff. <laughs> it's like that's literally not even a lot. True. All right. So they end up at Route 12, the fishing pier. And you see the bug catcher and the swimmer there standing right right in front of the a very large black blob. Yeah. And then Red is wondering, he's like, well, what the heck is that? What's going on? And then as it goes, the swimmer tells him, it's like, looks like we're tied for nothing. We'll never get past this. And Red's just like, weird, how does this boulder get out? And he's like, how did this boulder get out here? But then it's like, it, it actually zooms out. And he notices that it's like, wait, it's not a boulder. It's a Snorlax. They can sleep forever and nothing wakes them up. And then Red is just like, oh, well, it's like, I guess we're just going to have to capture it. He takes out Polyworld to try to to try to try damage it a little bit. But unfortunately, <laughs> he just bounces right off. Now, before you continue going with the next part, look at that page where the bug catcher and the swimmer are looking at Snorlax. Let's compare that top panel with the bottom panel. In that first panel, it shows that they're right up against Snorlax. And it, yeah, it, they make it look like it's some weird blob or a boulder. But then we go back and they zoom out and they show us the full picture of Snorlax. They show his feet. In that top panel, we don't see his feet at all. Oh, yeah. That's weird, huh? Yeah, because you don't, you don't even notice his arms that would be there, too. Yeah. Is there just, like, one big round blob? And then in the next panel, he's like, you have, his, you have his feet to the side, where the... Right, kind of right next to where where the bug catcher and the swimmer would be. This is definitely an alpha Snorlax. He's huge. Yeah. I feel that the anime got inspiration for two episodes mm-hmm. from this chapter. The first one is the race that I mentioned. Except in the anime, they race with Pokemon, which I think is a little bit more cool. But also in the anime, in a totally separate episode, Ash, Misty, and Brock also face a Snorlax sleeping like this. And they spend the whole episode trying to wake him up. And, of course, all these manga, anime, they all got inspiration from the game. As we all remember... The infamous moment when you walk up to a certain route and it's blocked by a Snorlax. You click, you try you try to wake him up, you get a little box that says, I don't remember exactly what it says, but basically we all know it's a sleeping Snorlax. There's nothing you can do, at least at the moment within the game. Mm-hmm. So now going back to the story, Red is like, well, we'll just have to capture it. It's another Pokemon, right? So... Red chooses his Polyrath, which is at this moment his strongest Pokemon. And then Polyrath bounces back from Snorlax's body. Red is like, what? Polyrath tries again. And we get a small little panel here. Polyrath, he just can't get through. Can't get through this Snorlax. Despite the fact that Snorlax is a normal type, Polyrath is a fighting type now. Nothing can wake the Snorlax up. Yep. Then at the bottom of the page, the swimmer and the bug catcher, 
They're telling him, you don't think we tried that already? No matter what we do, the Snorlax just won't wake up. Red now takes out his takes out his Pokedex and he reads. He's like, the Snorlax sleeps right through it. And then go ahead, Chess, take over the next part. Yeah, it's like it's funny because when you look into the when you, when you look at the Pokedex, it actually it, you actually see the HP of the of the Snorlax going up because I'm assuming he's using rest, isn't he? Yeah, one you could say that. So he's healing as he's sleeping. Oh yeah, which means it's like he's not gonna he's not gonna go down anytime soon unless he were to throw like some really huge blast at it, but. At the current level of where all his, uh, where all of Red's Pokemon are at, I don't think they'll be able to make much of a dent to him. Oh yeah, in the games, I think when you finally wake up Snorlax, I think he's at least at level thirty. But Snorlax has a lot of HP. He's a beefy Pokemon. Yeah. So, next page. Yep. So Red is finding. It's like oh. The only oh no actually no it's not even ready it says the swimmer says swimmer says like the only thing that'll wake up a Snorlax is food, and Red says like oh, so that's how it is food. <laughs> I was like, well here goes nothing. <laughs> he he <laughs> says like oh, I was like hey Snorlax how about a snack? <laughs> Takes out his Bulbasaur who is previously covered in honey and is still covered in honey. Poor Bulbasaur. <laughs> It's like, and Red is reassuring Bulbasaur. It's like, it's okay, Bulbasaur. It's like, I promise. <laughs> it's like, he won't get you. And, and the, the the face that Snorlax makes is like, yep. it's, a, it's a face of someone that just woke up and he didn't want to be woken up. And just smell carne asada or food in the kitchen. And this Snorlax is like, food. There's like, the Snorlax is just like, who that? <laughs> and, you just see the the the, the smell of of honey just wafting throughout all the throughout throughout the air, and Red's just like, "Come on, can't you smell it? It's Beedrill honey." And Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur's looking back at Red like, "Really? This is your idea?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish someone looked at me the same way. Snorlax looked at that snort uh, uh, Bulbasaur. We just say. Yeah. Those eyes of hunger. Oh my god. And he we they show a panel here. He's like, Lax and saliva coming out of Snorlax's yeah. mouth. <laughs> then we cut away to the announcer saying it's like, Oh, I can see the leaders approaching. Can't make him out yet. It's like there it's like there they are. Let's hear some cheers for our next win. He's like, What is that? <laughs> it's like that's not a bike. <laughs> Better just hear Yep. <laughs> you just see this big old Snorlax, probably like the I would say like about the size of about twenty feet. Humongous. Yeah, because it's like you see like a minuscule little red and Bulbasaur rushing, running away from a very hungry Snorlax, and the announcer is just like, "What? What is that thing?" And <laughs> they they make it to the finish line. It just says like, "And the winner is." Ah! Yep. There you go. <laughs> That was the end of it. Destroys the whole banner that said finish. Uh-huh. It's so funny because if, if we look at the panel where Snorlax is chasing Red, keep in mind, Pikachu is still on Red's shoulders. Bulbasaur is in front of Red on the bike pedals. Pikachu's like, oh my god, this is the end. <laughs> We're about to get munched on. Yep. And they cut away to, 
to the next panel where Red is just like, I can't believe it. The 10000 in prize money, and it took every cent to fill up the stupid Snorlax. <laughs> and you know what's funny? You don't see the bug catcher and the swimmer anywhere. This is true. They're not even in the next page. They didn't make it. They did not. They either got squished, <laughs> or this Snorlax ate them. Yep. <laughs> He's in there. in there somewhere. Yeah. I love the cute little panel, though. Where Red is describing his prize money, we see Pikachu, Polyrath, and Bulbasaur. They're just running around, having a good time. We get like these little music notes. What is that item, though? That's I was wondering that too. It, well, it comes out when Red is talking about the money. So I guess this is one of the prize items. But it's like, I'm just wondering what it is because it's like a, it's like a ring. It looks like a ring. Was was a little. With a little bulb on it. So it looks like a bracelet with just like some sort of how can I say it's like it's like a bulb, it's like a light bulb almost. Hmm. For our listeners, if you got the manga in front of you, look at that little panel. Right after Red wins the race, we see Bulbasaur, Pikachu, and Polyrath running around, dancing around like a little ring. Now, the little dialogue says he this is where Red is describing the ten thousand that he won, so my theory is that's that's the money. But you guys tell us what you think. What is that? Is that an item in Pokemon? No, it, because that, that, that's not money. Because he used all the money to to buy food for Snorlax. Mm. Because it, it was so the prize was ten thousand plus the items that were in that box. Okay, so that's it's a Pokemon true. item. I just don't know what it is. It may come out later on. I'm not sure. Yeah. But in any case, that's the end of the story for, for today, which is chapter 12 of, what was it, Versus Snorlax? Wake up, you're a Snorlax. Yes, yep. and the last panel that we see is just <laughs> Snorlax gobbling, eating away at everything Red bought him. Poor Red. He could have, out of all the Pokemon to catch, he had to catch the Pokemon that is never full. And Snorlax happily eating life away. In the next page, we're just going to give a slight tease of what we see here. This is everybody's favorite town. This is everybody's go-to scary storytelling. We see Red running through, through a city. It's raining. We see dark clouds at the top. Pikachu, Bulbasaur, and Polyrath are running with him. And we see a small little box that says, Up North in Lavender Town. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so, everybody, we have officially made it to Lavender Town. I think it doesn't even need to be said. We all know what happens in Lavender Town. But yes, you don't want to miss out. Next week's episode, next week's chapter, chapter 13. Sigh for Psyduck. Sigh for Psyduck. I think it's a fitting number for the episode that's coming up ahead. But yes, that is today's chapter, everybody. If you didn't already know, Red has a newly attained Pokemon. We finally have an update on Red's team. So now 
we had his first Pokemon was Polyrath, then Bulbasaur, and then Pikachu, and now he has a mighty huge Alpha Snorlax. Things are going to get good. But next week, we've made it to Lavender Town. Join us once again. My name is Sergio. With me today, as always, is my co-host and buddy, Chaz. If you're enjoying the Pokemon Adventures podcast, please give us a good review. Join us next week for Chapter 13. Share this podcast with anybody that enjoys Pokemon and has not heard or read about the Pokemon Adventures manga. Things are just starting to get good. Things are about to get really spooky next week. You don't want to miss out. We will see you next week.